might have a mom, she might be the bomb But ain't nobody got a mom like mine Her love's till the end, she's my best friend Ain't nobody got a mom like mine Welcome to Teaching My Mother ABA, where we put a unique spin on teaching ABA by using pop cultural references and real life stories. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the shit show we call life. Okay, so this week our pop culture reference is, and I knew exactly what to do, but in a much more real sense, I had no idea what to do. So how, how are things in your world? Well, I'm still waiting on some rejections from some journal articles. <laughs> <laughs> you should know you're waiting on some approvals or whatever it is in journal life. I'm not sure what the right word is. It is. And I just keep refreshing the page over and over again. <laughs> and I am on two and a half hours of sleep. And I've been told I can't Perfect. open my computer when I'm not sleeping. So I got out the Cooper last night. <laughs> And tried to read the Cooper to put myself to sleep. It did not work. Still didn't. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So whenever you don't sleep, I swear, like I wake up and I'm like, I wonder what I'm going to find in my text messages or my inbox. And it is, it's frightening. There's no other word. It's just frightening. I am getting a lot checked off my to-do list at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning. I just write my little to-do list. I'm all cut up, caught up on session notes. It only took me six months. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. So I wonder um, all those other folks listening that have to do session notes, if, if there is really anyone out there that enjoys session notes. If there is, like, I want to meet them because I – like I have always liked reading session notes. I worked in healthcare on and off for 20 years. And so reading session notes was always like my jam. I'm like, oh, I love reading session notes. I have now found out I do not like writing session notes. <laughs> completely different, completely different, completely different. Hate it. Hate it. Yeah, it is not. so important. It but- is such a pain and like I talk myself through them all the time I'm like if I just do them it's not that big of a deal but so and I get collecting data I really enjoy collecting and graphing data I hate anecdotal and I don't know why like I hate the anecdotal part of it if you would let me write about like how the person felt like they needed a hug <laughs> they were Whoa. they were happy then I and could write session notes till the cows came home it's when I have to think in behavioral terms it's like I have to ha- like my mind just doesn't work so that's and my, that's why that's we're teaching struggle. you ABA <laughs> that is why that is so why. at the end yes at the end of this I'll be like oh my brain automatically thinks in ABA I can do this mm-hmm. um so my week was, my week has been good. Um, I've been, it? yeah, well, okay. I, my, well, I didn't have a day off unlike some people. So my week is just like a never ending week. So we have, we have people out, which is fine in our world. That's, that's life. Um, so I've got to observe some clients, which is always super fun. And like I said, if you would let me talk about them in non-behavioral terms, everything would be great. But I have a really funny story. So 
one of the clients who is approximately between the ages of seven and 10. And we were, they were reading a book and it was set, it was a Bible story. And, um, they referred to animals as beasts. So he was trying to figure out like why, like they're, like he couldn't like comprehend because to him a beast was something super scary and was going to eat the person and all this. And I'm like, no, in the old days, they often referred to beasts, the animals as beasts. So like the donkey was a beast or the horse was a beast. And he's like in old days. And I'm like, yeah, and like really far back. And he's like, oh, like, so in the nineties. <laughs> yes. So far back. That's how far back this Bible story was set. It was set in the nineties where I was 30. No, I wasn't 30 in the nineties, but I'm just saying I was, so that was my fun story from observation where I realized that I am super old. So. And have no concept of time. No concept. Well, I mean, I exaggerate everything. So just so you know, (laughs) so everyone knows if I say one, it was probably, if I say one, it actually probably didn't happen. If I say 500, it probably means four. Two. So yeah, (laughs) two. You got two. Zero it's two. and two. It's just okay. Two. All right. Yeah. Well, now it's time for It's All Relative, where my mom and I answer questions to see who knows who the best. And don't worry, we're keeping score because someone <laughs> uh, was raised with the mindset of not everyone getting a trophy. So, of course, everything is a competition. Right, because who wants a participation ribbon? Not mm-hmm. I. Unless yeah. I make it, because I make beautiful ribbons. Yeah. Well, and I can't find my whiteboard because I am back in class, and so um, I cleaned my office so that I, to avoid doing schoolwork. So yeah, I'm gonna have to write on a piece of paper. Okay. But I'm ready. I'm ready. That's right. Okay. So I'm gonna ask you first. All right. Okay. <laughs> what is my favorite activity to avoid real work? Okay. Watch TV. So I'm going to say no because I watch TV to get work done. So what is your favorite activity? So to avoid work? Yeah. I I organize my, especially my swag. Oh, jeez. Just got to organize my office, my war room that we call it. Yeah, the war room. Mm-hmm. Or okay. the pantry. I love a good pantry organization <laughs> happening. So much you could be doing. Okay, go on. <laughs> next question. So I am i don't know you well. Go, next question. Okay. <laughs> All right. Am I a morning, afternoon, or night person? Well, now, since we're going through the sleep, whatever, I would say night person. I'm going to say night. I would probably say... Anytime I'm not sleeping, but night. Yes. <laughs> okay. I am key. Do not wake her. If you love her, do not wake her. Um, oh, what is my favorite thing to do on oh, – what was my favorite thing to do on weekends in high school? <laughs> um, I, I, I don't I don't know. Um, oh, let's see. Okay. I got it. 
It says drive around. <laughs> I don't know. We lived in rural Iowa. I don't know what else there was to do. Horses. The other thing would be shore horses. That's yeah. what I would have said, but like I didn't know if, like I don't know. And I wrote the. I was <laughs> going to say you wrote, I wrote the, questions. the questions. <laughs> so tired. I'm so tired. Uh, um, yeah. So shore horses would have been mm-hmm. what I would have said. So uh, okay. Okay. If I had five thousand dollars, what would I spend it on? I said swag. Yeah, it would be swag. You would have. I love a good a good sweatshirt with some K now. Or you know what yeah. I want now is those hand sanitizers that are in like the tubes and they spray. Those That's are what so I want. 2020. Is that when COVID started? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they're perfect size for the airplane. Um, okay. Um, where would my dream vacation be? Okay. Greece. Yes. Yep. So I feel like you don't have to ask me that one either because that's like our dream is to go to Greece. Yes. So it would be. Yeah. Okay. So I got okay. what? One, two. 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 I got, got two. two. Three. Well, three because I got the night one. So that's three. Okay. Three. I'll give that to you. Three. Okay. Okay. What is my favorite activity to avoid real work? cleaning mm-hmm. that it doesn't really count because i just told you the answer right before this am i a morning afternoon or a night person so can i choose none of the above <laughs> especially today <laughs> is that an answer you can i'm more of a midday kind of yeah. gal early evening i like to wake up late or I don't even like to wake up. I can wake up early. I don't want anyone talking to me or bothering me. I, my prime working hours are probably like two to four and then I need a good supper and go to bed. Two hours, two hours. (laughs) There's a two hour window. (laughs) Okay. What was my favorite thing to do on the weekends in high school? Um, anything but be at home. Yeah. <laughs> Drive around. That's Drive probably around. why I said it with you. <laughs> um, if I had $5,000, what would I spend it on? Luggage. <laughs> Specifically Louis Vuitton luggage. So I'm just looking for that one piece of luggage and then I'm fine. I, <laughs> I'm really not as materialistic as I come across. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's probably what I would spend it on. Or I would not spend it on anything and then just dwindle it away on silly things probably is what would happen. And then what would my dream vacation be? Greece. See, I gave you those answers. So I feel like. What answers did you give me? I knew yours was cleaning before you cleaned the whole house this weekend. I know. God, it felt good. Oh, I know. Okay. You won that round. Now it's time to go to class and learn something. So I won't introduce the topic, but I will say this is one of those things that we talk about so many times in class that still is confusing. And every professor I've had always takes like a minute, like they'll be like, this, this is a concept that you really need and let's talk about it. And then 
will start talking about it. And then I feel like they confuse themselves too when they talk about it, which I think happens a lot in ABA. So Dr. Farley, would you like to introduce the topic? Yes. So we're going to talk today about motivating operations, which works out because I'm actually teaching that tonight in one of my classes. So hopefully I won't have to take a minute and backpedal and recorrect myself. (laughs) Um, So we're, so motivating operations is an environmental variable that has either has a value altering or behavior altering effect. The value altering effect is an increase in reinforcing reinforcing effectiveness on some stimulus object or event, which would be an EO or a decrease in reinforcement effectiveness. And that is an AO. So EO and AO are parts of MO. (laughs) EO is establishing operation (laughs) and AO is abolishing operation. Um, So if you think of like an umbrella, So the top of your umbrella is the MO, and then underneath that, you have your AO and you have your EO. Now, if you're not watching the video, you should definitely subscribe to our Patreon so you can see the video because I teach with my hands, and it just makes more sense that way. Um, My shameless plug. But so MO is EO and AO, so it increases and decreases. Um, They also, MO has a behavior altering effect, which increases the current frequency of behavior that has been reinforced by some stimulus object or event. And this is called the evocative effect or a decrease in frequency of behavior that has been reinforced by some stimulus object or event, which is the abative effect. So MOs, you're either increasing or decreasing the value or the chance of acting on that behavior. Um, I'm trying to think. So underneath that, so I'll give some examples here in a minute of EO and AO, but underneath that MO, you also have your UMO, your CMO, your CMO. R, your CMOT, and your CMOS. I'm like, these are so important. (laughs) I should be having my flashcards out right now, shouldn't I? I should be writing these flashcards down. Oh my gosh. Okay. So break down these acronyms for me. Okay. So let's, so UMO is unconditioned motivating operation. And these are those unlearned aspects of Mm -hmm. value altering. So this can be being hungry, um, the deprivation. So to be hungry, you have been deprived of food um, or (laughs) you're deprived of water, oxygen, activity, and sleep. So those are all EOs within the UMO. (laughs) Okay. And then on the opposite end, if you have the ingestion of food and water, of oxygen intake, of being active, and of sleep, it's an AO. So it decreases the value of that stimulus or event. Okay. 
And okay. so think UMO is basic needs. So basic you, needs. Okay. Yes. You're born with UMO. So we as humans um, or any organism are born knowing that you need to have something to drink. Right. You need to have something to eat. You need that activity and all of those components. So then you have your CMOs. Um, so the CMO is a motivating variable that alters the reinforcing effectiveness of other stimuli, objects, or events as a result of the organism's learning history. So a CMO is learning history. A UMO you is unlearned. You just know it. Like you don't, yes. no one teaches you to have a UMO where a CMO at some point someone taught you that that was something you needed. Yeah. Or the environment, yep. can the environment teach you it's something mm -hmm. you need? Okay. Yeah. So example, if we look at, okay, so we love to go on road trips. Um, <laughs> we, so myself and my mom, we live 13 hours from each other. And whenever we tell everybody, we're like, oh yeah, it's just a drive, a 13 hour drive to get to each other. One They're day, like, that's what? nothing. What? <laughs> um, so my example is going to be gas right now of a conditioned motivating operation. So if you have an empty gas tank, uh, it's the CMO is that behavior altering effect on stopping to get gas and the value altering effect on gas itself. So empty gas tank is CMO because learning history has taught us if we run out of gas, we can't go anymore. Right. Run out of gas. Um, so if your gas tank is empty, there's that value altering effect and the behavior altering effect is going to be, you're going to stop at the next, next gas station to get gas. And so the more, the less gas you have in your car, the more likely you are to stop at a gas station or stop at a rundown gas station or right. ones with holes in the wall. Oh my gosh. So we did. So this is a funny story that is, needs to be told. We were dry, we were on a road trip and um Brit Brit doesn't like to stop. So we just kept going, kept going. Well we finally had to stop at a really, really scary um, like gas station right? in Oklahoma somewhere. Yeah. Like very small. We had to go off the interstate. Like I was so irritated. We get out and she's like, I have to use the restroom. So I'm like, fine, I'll get gas. You go see if you get murdered. She comes out of the bathroom and like her face is white. And I'm like, what? And she's like, there was literally a hole where you could see yes. into another room behind the toilet where she's like, I'm pretty sure someone watched me. <laughs> yeah, that's a real thing. I'm not even joking. That was scary. Oh and uh, we ended up who was cash with us and I wouldn't yeah, let of... him even walk in there. No, Ooh. she's mm -hmm. like, mm-mm. We had boys. We'll be fine. We don't yep. need a gas station. You know how but easy what it is we learned was get gas when you see a good place to stop, not just that you need gas. Yes. So what's even, that? Even if you – so that's a learned history. So like let's say your gas – you see the gas station. So the gas station itself is an SD, a discriminative stimulus. Mm -hmm. So there's right. a difference between an MO and an SD. The SD right. signals – the availability of reinforcement. So if you've been driving and haven't seen a gas station in a while and you see one, even though you might not have an empty tank, you're going to stop at that gas right. station 
and you're going to be reinforced by accessing the gas. And then let's say you drive down the road a couple of miles and there's a rundown gas station. You're again, that's part right. of that reinforcement that I don't have to stop at that rundown gas station right. that might have a hole in the wall. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, okay. That makes sense. Yep. yep. And then, so gas is more specifically within a CMO. Gas would be a um, CMOT. So a CMOT is um, when an environmental variable establishes the effectiveness of another event as a reinforcer or punishment. So with gas, that environmental variable is a low gas tank or um, getting close to low or knowing you're going to be driving miles without a a gas station. Yeah. You know what? It does take the fun out of road trips because in the old days you had to like guess that you would that the next town would have a gas station now there's like cool apps that tell yeah. you if there's a yes. gas station and rates them like okay sorry that probably yes. has nothing to do with <laughs> no it does because that so you're actually that event of stopping at the gas station the run down one mm-hmm. will increase so the sd would be your phone and it's right going to increase the likelihood that you use your phone to find a gas station right and you find a good gas station that's your reinforcement so in the future right oh yeah i know every gas station on the way from here to your house and i know which ones to stop at and which ones not to stop at i know how to plan my trip i know all of that because i've stopped at some scary gas stations in wyoming (laughs) just yeah So, and the other important thing to remember when you're looking at MOs, whether they're um, unconditioned or conditioned MOs versus um, consequences, is when you're talking about MO, you're talking about behavior in that moment, the Mm -hmm. behavior that's occurring right now. When you're talking about the consequence, you're talking about identifying if it's a reinforcer or punisher based on future Future, because I... Yeah, it might be that I run out of gas if I don't negotiate things correctly. Um, Or I might have to stop at a scary place where I can't go in to use the bathroom. Like there's all these things. Yeah. So, and I think that's the hardest thing when people are trying to learn these concepts is one, they overthink it. Right. Um, But two, it's any MO is here and now. Um, yeah. So it's the behavior that is going to happen in this moment. It is right in this moment. the behavior okay. that's right in front of you because of one, your learning history with CMOs. Right. Two, your basic needs. And then mm-hmm. three, uh, it's the environment that you're in. So right. you're not going to, even though you have that motivation to obtain um, gas, you have that motivation to attain ca- gas because one, you're in the car, mm-hmm. two, you're on a really long road trip, um, right. three, you might see a gas station. So those are environmental variables that if you take them away, you remove the MO for gas. Right. Like I don't so, care about getting gas today because I'm not going anywhere. So yeah. So that's a good segue. So that leads us back into our CMOT. So CMO transitive is what it is. It mm-hmm. transfers to a stimulus event or 
um, a stimulus or event. So for example, the gas becomes reinforcing because of right. the transfer from needing that gas gas to the to the um, actual gas itself. A common CMOT example is um, a key. So a key isn't you don't have motivation to find a key until you have to unlock a door. Right. So even though what you want is that door unlocked, that it's still motivation there, but transfers it, to the key. I just don't care <laughs> until yes. I need until, to get in that door. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That um, makes so sense. Yeah. So I always tell students to remember this by transitive. So it transfers your mm -hmm. motivation to an actual object you need to obtain that activity. Um, okay. So then we have CMOR. So CMOR is when you are any stimulus that systematically precedes the onset of a painful stimu stimulation in that the own offset function of a reinforcer and its occurrence evokes any behavior that has produced such reinforcement. Okay, layman terms there. <sighs> I'm just going to go straight into layman terms there. Avoidance. Okay. CMOR is avoidance. So um, reflexive is the R. And I, I tell students to think of a reflex. So if you're afraid of a snake, your reflex is to avoid that snake. Mm -hmm. um, if you're afraid of the bird arch, what's that called in, at the zoo? Where the birds just fly free and can like... I don't know the bird head. sanctuary. I know... <laughs> The netted room you have to yeah, go into. Yeah, there's just birds all over. I would rather walk. <laughs> that, to me, there's... Arboretum. Arboretum. Thank you. Um, it's like me in the butterfly house. That's just a bunch of bugs landing on you. Yeah. I'm sorry. Don't so put me I, in the butterfly house. <laughs> I am motivated to avoid mm -hmm. the birds. I Amen. Birds. Anything with wings. Not a fan. Not a fan. I'd rather go to a snake. Yeah. So that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Is it's your reflex? So yeah. Um, think of just reflex away. Um, okay. Spinning doors. I have a lot of these. So. <laughs> oh my god! You should go in a revolving door with her. It's no, just... no, thank you. My <laughs> reflex is to find the nearest door that I can push open. Um, and it's not irrational. Okay, I've been stuck in the spinny thing. Just ask Laura. And <laughs> elevators, going to take the stairs, possibly even if, if it's, it's less than flight. 10, if it's less than 10 flights, I'll take the stairs. Like that's my rule of thumb. I can do 10 flights. But, and again, that's not, I got stuck in the elevator with at band, band, band. You're a band camp. We're yeah. Band camp. At, in Sioux Falls. <laughs> So yes, I have I have a lot of CMORs <laughs> that you think are rational but are really they irrational. Are. They're irrational. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then that leads us into our last CMO, which is oh, CMO surrogate. Okay, CMO this is what, what? I'm sorry, CMO. Here's another CMOR for me. Surrogate. Am I saying it right? Okay. Yep. 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 Okay, so I avoid saying words. So. I am a BCBAD and I have been in the field for 15 years. And for the last two and a half, I've been teaching 
this is so, funny. so bad. So bad. An advanced concepts class that talks about this. And I have not been saying evocative. I've been saying evocative. Not even joking, y'all. There's a bunch of BCBAs in the world being like, Gabby. So I don't pronounce things correctly ever. And so I will say the word. There's also a bunch of kids in Florida who say bag instead of bag. Bag, bag. On, on, on. I do that. I'm going to move on. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Right. So, okay, so surrogate is a previously neutral stimulus <laughs> that is acquired by being paired with a UMO or another CMO. So, the a really common example in this one is like a restaurant. Um, so, when you're hungry, you go to a restaurant and get food. So being hungry is a UMO, unconditioned motivation. Um, you go to the restaurant, you get food. So the restaurant becomes, obtaining food at that restaurant becomes a CMOS. So the restaurant was not motivating until you learned or it was paired with an unconditioned motivational operation so it will be like in the old days when <laughs> this is old navy right like i've been around that long so old navy was like the cool place to go for us when we lived in the country but i didn't know that old navy was like a clothing store i remember going to minneapolis and seeing old navy so i had no desire to stop because i'm like i thought it was like a navy surplus <laughs> navy surplus store <laughs> Cause like old Navy stuff, it could be, I'm married to a Navy person. I'm like, it's an old Navy store guy, guy store, whatever. But once I figured out it was clothing and I had children, I'm like, then when I saw that I would stop before it didn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. So your environmental, your motivation changed. Right. Because I wasn't looking at old Navy stuff. <laughs> stuff so was... maybe was neutral yes and then you had kids and found out they have great deals yes and, it and then it a cmos very important to me <laughs> to get that uh so it's been a while since i cracked the old cooper but the new cooper and this is why we don't have an article today because i again read my cooper in the middle of the night um but for those of you who have the new cooper if you go to page 384 there is a really good visual for this one so the ser the surrogate okay food deprivation is the unconditioned motivation that increases the need for food the and then it goes so you have your food deprivation and then you pair your food depri deprivation with the restaurant so mm -hmm. your neutral stimulus and then you see a restaurant and you stop to get food and it becomes a conditioned establishing operation in right. itself. So I had clothing deprivation. <laughs> I don't think that. Okay. So I don't know <laughs> being dressed at all times, a basic need. It's a basic need. You should be dressed at all times. You never know when there's going to be a tornado or a fire. You're going to run outside your house and there's going to be the news people. And so you want to make sure that you are fully dressed with supporting undergarments on in case mm -hmm. you're interviewed by the news. So 
being dressed is a basic need. So, and, <laughs> and being poor. So Old Navy was, there were I, two things no. there. I Money. think you're going to have to call up Darwin. <laughs> I think this I was, was poor, Darwin. poor and needed money. And I had kids to dress. And so Old Navy uh, did become that. So I had a basic need. I needed to fill it. Once you guys had clothing, then I didn't care. But then when I would see an so, Old Navy, I would stop. Yes. Okay. So um, taking to if a fire <laughs> happens and you have to go outside. Um, so being cold, like let's say you have a fire in the winter. So that's a basic need. That's why you need Old Navy. So that's why you need clothes to sleep in. The yeah. Old Navy <laughs> is when you see – so the money that you spend at Old Navy, that uh-huh. is the um, conditioned item. That makes sense. Is there just like times when you're like, this was a lot to take on. My mother was a lot to take on in this teaching. Or is it like, this is the worst student I could possibly have. And so it will make me a better teacher. Like which one was yes. it? Yes. So I, it's a second because we all know my end of course evals. <laughs> I swear. I just, I cannot, I get good ones. Don't get me wrong, but I get some that are just, they hurt a little bit, but I also know that I say things backwards. Um, Mom and I being business partners have learned this, that I have to think the opposite of how I would think in order to get her to understand The exact opposite. Like we can have a discussion about something and we're actually saying the same thing, only completely opposite. Yeah. What are those things that if you read it backwards, it says anagram. So we are living, breathing anagram. Of each, yeah, it's just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Okay, oh, okay. So those are explanations. Ooh. Layman's terms. I kind of went over, but layman's terms is really motivation happens before the SD, and it either increases okay. or decreases your right. behavior and the value of the re- the consequence. And an easy way to remember. Satiation and deprivation. So MO created through deprivation and satiation. So deprivation would be an establishing operation and satiation would be an abolishing operation. Because you don't want it anymore because you have so much of it. Mm -hmm. So that's why. Yeah. Oh okay. my gosh. Okay. So let, I think we, we did a lot of real life examples, but there's probably a couple more that we can think. I, I think, think we should of. do more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's one I got for you. Um, so we call it going dark in our, in our family. You go dark. So let's say I have a child that owes me money and I know that they it's have gotten their paycheck So they start to avoid all of my calls or texts when normally they're always taking my calls or texts or texting me. So what is that? This going dark. That's a CMOR because it's avoidance. Okay. So yeah. Run away. Oh, that's a good one. Run away. CMOR is run away. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I Um, used your driving example in class last night. (laughs) <laughs> a side note for my <laughs> listeners <laughs> or our listeners. Yeah. So uh, mom came up with the 
we're doing a caregiver training and she came up with the analogy that the caregivers are the ones in the driver's seat and BCBAs mm -hmm. are the ones giving directions. And I absolutely love that analogy. Sorry. Okay. Well, that's what I, how I feel that you are. I don't even know at this point anymore. I am so like, I, every time we talk about this, like, I can't even tell you how many times we've talked about MOs and it's still like when it starts to have an example, it's just so confusing. We um, need to start keeping track of any pop quiz I give too. Like today when I gave you and Kelly a pop quiz, that would be a great study question yeah, for our interns. Yeah. I hate pop quizzes. Um, okay. CMOR. CMOR. So uh, let's talk about – I'm trying to think. We Like, okay, so the gas station. What? Okay. The I have this – yeah. Well, okay. Let's do the tea one first. So I have okay. this love hate relationship with peach tea and Starbucks has really good tea. And so, um, for whatever reason, there was a peach shortage. I don't know. I don't That's COVID. what the Starbucks, the Starbucks lady told me, I think she might've been lying to me, but I went to probably seven Starbucks one day to try to find a peach tea. Cause the more someone tells me I can't have something, the more I want it. And there was no tea. And by like the, okay, so seven, I'm exaggerating. Probably went to three. By the fourth Starbucks, Two. I'm just like, don't stop. I'm done. Like, I can't take it anymore. So what's that? Like, I'm just like, I'm done. So you're, because of the effort it takes, was taking to. For you to drive me around like Miss yes. Daisy. Yes. Um, <laughs> It became a CMOR because we you wanted to you have, you did have motivation for being thirsty mm -hmm. and wanted that peach tea, but now you have motivation to not stop at another Starbucks. Yeah, so it's like the I was avoidance over it. of the Starbucks. Yeah. Sit in line because I for God's sakes I was not going to go in. It was hot. No. I was like I'm not getting out of the car. Oh, um, okay. So let's do the oyster one. Okay. And then I have one about planes, planes, okay. trains, and automobiles. <laughs> Sounds good. So um, you moved to Florida, from Florida to Idaho, where you didn't have oysters for <laughs> for a long time. So many years. Raw oysters, oysters on half shell. Mm, uh -huh. So good. So you go, we go to New Orleans, and she actually let me go to a restaurant. So we go to a restaurant, and she orders a dozen of oysters. And I'm like, that is not going to be a good idea, but she orders them. She eats them all. And you can imagine that she was not feeling My the greatest. Your consequence was that you had a tummy ache. Um, so then we go to the next restaurant and oysters are on the menu. Again, I order oysters. She orders gumbo because she did not want a tummy ache. She doesn't have a tummy ache because she didn't eat the oysters. Yep. So that goes into the EO and AO. So your, I had my deprivation of oysters is an EO. Um, mm -hmm. So when I lived in Florida, every Friday we went down to the restaurant and got a bunch of different flavors of oysters. So being deprived of that. Different flavors? I think there's yeah. only one flavor. No, -uh, they have like charbroil. Oh, oh, like different and ways then they, they were have prepared. that like. What yeah. did we have? Like with the they, red wine vinegar, yes. like a minuet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you go. I told you, okay. I have lots of un, like useless information, but you okay, can go on. Yes, your oyster. Your <laughs> so oysters. Was, so deprivation. For an oyster. I was. Mm -hmm. And I 
so that deprivation was my establishing operation. And then mm-hmm. I accessed the oysters. And a lot of oysters. <laughs> a lot of oysters. And they were good, but the, the consequence was I had a really bad stomach ache the rest of the night. All so I then, can think about is oysters again. I'm so hungry for oysters. But when you live in the Midwest, oysters are do, do not buy oysters in the Midwest. <laughs> so that that consequence was an AO, an abolishing okay. operation. And so then when we saw oysters again, I didn't order them because I no longer had motivation for them because of my learned history. So there's your oh, learn. How many, learned. how many oysters are too many? Ah, okay. Apparently. Okay. So I have one last one that relates to COVID because we all know probably by now that KNAL was started amidst COVID. Um, so pre COVID I flew for work n- at my previous job and grand nanny also known no. as mom got to fly with us and to watch my kid. So it wasn't really a vacation or anything. It but wasn't for COVID, me, And we were constantly traveling to see each other um, at least once a month before COVID hit and COVID hit and planes were tra- canceled. We couldn't travel anymore. Um, there was a deprivation of travel that happened. Yes. So then yes. finally plane tickets, We you break down and look at plane tickets and they are $1,000 a pop for coach. <laughs> um, so that deprivation made my be- my behavior effect, the evocative effect to buy that $1,000 ticket when I wouldn't have prior to COVID because I traveled a lot more. So oh, and make your mother fly during COVID where yeah, was I bad. was paranoid to even be out. I made oh, the yeah. mother-in-law fly too. Yeah. She had to fly back to fly. Iowa. I did. Everyone Except fly. for me. But yeah. So I get that. So like, <laughs> yep. because, you're like, I, and no, I'm not flying. You can get COVID, but you all can. You <laughs> older, vulnerable population. Have <laughs> at it. So then because you were deprived of, so were you deprived of travel or you're deprived of seeing people? Like the deprivation could be. Either or, I think. So that motivation, the establishing mm-hmm. operation, the deprivation was environmental events in the moment. So okay. remember current behavior. So yeah. I'm motivated to buy my plane ticket, um, which is, it would be a CMOT okay. because I have to, I transfer a plane ticket doesn't mean anything to me unless I have motivation to fly somewhere. Unless so I'm motivated- crazy person yeah, yes. to fly for you. Yes. So motivation to fly based on my environmental variables. And then mm-hmm. I have the SD is getting on and finding the plane tickets that are available. Um, your SD might be your computer or your phone. Uh, and then the behavior of purchasing the tickets. Now, if I purchased those tickets and fl- flew to see you, that would be a reinforcing. So my future behavior would be spending $1,000 again on a plane ticket. However, if I bought the plane ticket and flights got canceled and we didn't get a refund, that would 
decrease my likelihood of buying a thousand dollar ticket in the future. So that's kind of how. No, it wouldn't. Um, (laughs) That's how that we call it that four term contingency, which we're not going to talk a lot about. But yeah, so it's all about motivation in the moment. What is happening right here? The future consequence. And the consequence is future. future. And we can't identify if it's a reinforcement or punisher until the next opportunity for that behavior. Yeah. So you won't even know until the next time a plane ticket situation came up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. That makes sense. So makes sense. Good. Hopefully I remember all these examples for class I tonight. I know. Do you need me to come to class? You might. It's my late class, so I'll even be No, tired. I don't want to. Like, <laughs> that's not my good time. Two to four. Pop quiz. Two Pop quiz. To four. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh. So this whole thing was a pop quiz, just so you know. <laughs> it was. <laughs> well, I was ready. I'm ready for a pop quiz, uh. but that's okay. I, I know I can do it. Okay, so as I say, there, so I'm like I'm in class. Are there any other questions you might? No, have? No, you know what? I don't think I have any other <laughs> questions. Like I think it's so no. exhausting to talk about that. I know I, I needed don't. to bring, whip out my whiteboard or my paper. Yeah, yeah. no, so. I think it's good. I think that this is one of those things that you just need the term, a quick definition and an example, because I do think you need that example to like cement the term into your head. So yeah, I don't have any questions. Thank you so much. (laughs) Okay, then it's time to rate my teaching. Now, mom will provide me with a score from one to five. One, I will find a different teacher. Two, you didn't yell at me. Three, it could have gone either way. Four, good thing I taught you well. And five, I love learning from my daughter. So I'm going to give this one a like 4.5. Ooh. I know. So I think it did a good job because I was able to use my real life examples where I feel like sometimes when you're trying to come up with contrived examples for things, it's harder to like connect yeah. the dots for me. But it is. uh it it was good and I'm not gonna discount what you did. So it's okay. I only need a four point three. Oh, four point three. Okay. It definitely so. was a four point three. You're good. <laughs> All right. Well that wraps it up for another episode of Teaching My Mother ABA. Make sure you head over to our Facebook and Instagram at knowledge.now.solutions and check out all the events we have going on in May from CEUs to mentorship to curriculum development. And don't forget to sign up for our Be In The Know Patreon to access some amazing freebies like this video of us doing our podcast. I mean, who wouldn't want to see that? And thank you to KNOW Behavioral Solutions for sponsoring Teaching My Mother ABA and for Pretty Easy Podcasts for making us sound good. And remember, it's all fun and games until you have to teach your mother ABA. Yeah.